everybody it's brett kelly and welcome to this episode of btl the born to lead podcast i've got a awesome episode today for everybody to hear get a lot of value and learning out of i've got dana gentry out of kentucky here with us today so dana welcome to btl and just say hey to everybody and dana why don't you just give everybody a quick rundown on who you are what you're all about what you're into and uh just get everybody up to speed on you yeah awesome well thank you for having me first and foremost i feel like this is such an opportunity so thank you for choosing me to be on um i've been yeah. seeing your all social media and you're killing it i was like who is that that is so cool <laughs> so i love it um let's see gosh a little bit of background so this is my 16th year um, in real estate uh actually started when i was in college um, and, uh, fun fact, I actually dropped out of college, uh, right after my sophomore year, because I got my license that year, I was working in a property management company and somebody said, you should get your real estate license and sell for this builder on the side. And so I was like, eh, okay, I thought about it. So I was going to school full time at the university of Kentucky, got my license and sold like 30 something houses that year. And so while wow. going to school. So I was like, okay, this is great. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I, uh, I dropped out and I never went back to school. And um, someone said to me one time, aren't you like embarrassed to tell people that? I'm like, no, not really, because I, I feel like I have more of an entrepreneurial mindset um, and, and school kind of wasn't really my thing anyway. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, from there, it's just kind of all, uh, a lot has transpired. I um I sold real estate as an individual agent, uh, kind of with the mom and pop, um, then, wa then was with Remax for several years, and then switched and made the move to Keller Williams um, about seven years ago. And uh, at that point, I was an individual agent at Remax doing like everything, honestly. I kind of was going to get out of the business because I thought, I just can't keep doing this. I was yeah, doing right around- of all trades. Yeah, I was doing like right around 10 million and I had done the same thing three years in a row and I just could not break through that ceiling and was super frustrated and just was running like running all hours of the day and night and all you know, hopefully some people have had that feeling before emails at two o'clock in the morning and so I just thought something's got to change. <laughs> So I built it, came to, went to KW and built a team. Um, and it was kind of funny right after the first year. Uh, so I hired a full-time admin and then, um, also a kind of a showing specialist buyer's agent to help me that year. And the very next year, just from implementing that, we went to like right at 19 million. Wow. And so, yeah, so it was awesome to kind of watch that. Um, and I thought honestly, Brett, that I would sell real estate for the rest of my life. Um, and I love it. I love the people. I never, I never even thought about doing anything different. Um, and then about a year after I was with KW, uh, we were, I was approached about, they were going to launch a new Keller Williams office on the other side of town. And I was asked to be an investor in that market center. And so I became an investor in that office and, um, and then we, and you're familiar with these terms. I know, I, I don't know if most of your listeners are or not, but we, we launched, it was a great launch. One of the best launches our region had ever had. And um, then we were looking for a team leader shortly after that, like about, I don't know, a few months after we launched and they, 
people kept saying, you got to do it. You got to be the team leader. And I'm like, there's no way in the world. Like I have no interest in, I've never recruited a person or a thing in my life. Um, and after a couple of trips to Austin and, you know, talking to some mentors and a whole, whole, whole lot of prayer, uh, I decided to take that role. And so from, um, starting as the team leader, we had 64 agents then. And in two ish years, a little over like two years and two months, um, I grew that office to 224 agents with my team, my leadership team. And then honestly, Brett, that just got a lot, kind of a lot of other opportunities opened the door for me. So now I'm a multiple market center OP, um, in Ohio and Kentucky. My team still runs without me. Um, I'm an investor in offices and then that, led me the amazing opportunity to work uh, for the Keller Williams Ohio Valley region as the growth director um, with Linda and Jimmy McKissick. So uh, it's been awesome uh, <laughs> and a lot of opportunities. It's just, it's crazy to kind of think back and, and uh, see how it's all developed, but yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. That it, yeah. what a great, what a great story in, in a path of growth. I mean, you were constantly, top grading every single thing that you were doing and even having some of those fears and doubts of, you know, I can't do this. I, no way. I don't know why everybody's saying this, but everybody could clearly see that you had been accomplishing so much in such a quick period of time that you were the right person, you know, and, and sometimes we don't always think that we're the right person for the job, but yeah, others see that differently, you know? Yeah, well, I've had a lot of people tell me that uh, when opportunity knocks, there's no time to get ready. So you just kind of have to be ready for stuff. And um, Linda actually always says it best. She's one of my biggest mentors. And she always says sometimes uh, you when you when you get an opportunity, you'll have no, let me think what she says. She says sometimes you'll see something and you'll be too scared to do it. Uh, and the difference between um, doing something. Oh, what did she say with courage or, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but she basically says like, you can have a fear of doing something. Um, and if, if it, if your fear is that big, it'll make you want to wet your pants, but courage <laughs> is going on ahead and doing that with your, with wet pants. <laughs> and oh, so, man. yeah. So you just kind of have to, you know, push through when, when you, when you have those doubts because big things can come from it. Absolutely. So you've, you've accomplished a lot. That, that's evident by everything you've experienced on your journey. And, you know, 16 years, that's, that's a lot of learning. A lot has taken place. So, so tell us about yeah. that, Dana. I mean, what, what have you experienced in terms of your growth and the knowledge that, that you, you've been gaining over the last 16 years being in, in what you had even said? And I say it as well, you know, real estate is, it is such an incredible entrepreneurial career. It is the ultimate. Yeah. So, so tell, uh, tell us and tell me, you know, what, what does that look like in your shift in knowledge over, over the last 16 years? You know, it's crazy, Brett, because so I've always said, whenever I teach new agents, I always, and any agent, I always say real estate to me has got to be the only uh, occupation that you can wake up in the morning and you can be like at the height of heights and you can get one phone call and you are in like the pits of hell in like 30 seconds. And then you can get another one and you're like, Oh, this is great. Everything's we're clear to close and everything's awesome. And then you can get another one a phone call and it's like, you're back down. And so when I think about all the things that I've learned, I feel so blessed and lucky, honestly, just because, well, I don't believe in luck. I think it's a blessing. So I feel so blessed that there's not a lot of uh, companies or organizations and really just there's not a lot of people in general that get to 
I, I mean, I feel like I've earned, you know, a business degree just from everything that I've been able to, to the mentors I've been able to learn from and the people and the other businesses. Um, and it's crazy because I would say, and I said this at the beginning, I, in school, I, I hated, to, I didn't love school. Like I, didn't, I wasn't a scholastic person, I guess, for lack of better words, but I am super learning based. And so I have always, I mean, I'm like a seminar junkie. If you, if there is a place to learn or a thing to learn, I'm like there front row. I'm a crazy note taker. And so I just feel like I've really taken advantage of that over the last several years. But as far as knowledge, I mean, learning to be a better leader has probably been the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, and that's where I've spent the most of my time because you can do a lot of stuff on your own in your own natural ability. Like your natural ability can take you so far, but to get to that next level and to really succeed, you have to do it with and through other people. Yep. And sometimes, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I've, I was never, I had never been in a leadership role before. I had never led anybody but myself. So, I mean, it's, I feel like that, and that's not something you can go to school for to learn, or you can, you know, read one book and like, Oh, you're John Maxwell. You know, you're a great leader. It's, you have to really pour into your, into yourself. And that has to be something that is that you focus on all the time and that you're constantly learning and you're modeling after other people. Um, and you're watching great leaders and I'm really careful about who I watch and what I let into my brain. Um, because I just think it's so important to guard that. And, you know, we can all be filled with so much crap and a lot of people push their own agendas and it's, it can be difficult. And so I just think, you know, for me learning to be the best leader possible and, and I, we, I could say a bunch of other things too, you know, business skills and learning how to be the most profitable that you can be and all those things. Yet at the end of the day, to me, the people are what makes it the most important. And so learning to be a great leader and just evolving that is, I'm still doing that. Um, but it's definitely been the biggest thing that I've learned. It's cool to hear you walk through all of that. And, you know, I, I listened to, to the podcast that you've got with Linda and what an incredible opportunity to learn from, from her, you know, I mean, it's everything best. you've been able to accomplish and you're side by side with her, you know, you guys are, are partners yeah. in crime and all of this partners yeah. in crime and, and amazing accomplishments, I guess is a better way to say it. But when you had said that real estate, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's one of, if not the only occupation where you have these incredible highs and in a split second, a squirrel pops up out of nowhere and there's a fire going on over here and all of a sudden everything yeah. is crashing down and you wake up the next day and it happens again or it's the reverse or whatever it may be. So when you talk about going through this experience you've been having and your shift in knowledge and understanding it's not just you, in order to succeed, you've got to have the people to, to help you get there and you have to help them get there. What does that look like in, in your belief system? I mean, tell me about the attitudes that you, that you wake up with when your feet hit the ground every single day. So <laughs> I, love, I love that you just said that because one of my favorite things I've ever learned from Tony DeSello is uh, when you wake up every morning and, you're, and you roll out of bed and your feet hit the ground, do you think of yourself as a realtor or as a business owner? And for years, I would have said I thought of myself as a realtor. Um, and so in order to be a business owner and to have that mindset, you really have to have a different attitude. And 
I, I always tell people, you know, whether they like this or not, you can always, you can think in your head, you can close your eyes and think in your head of people who give you great energy and who have a great attitude. And then at the same time, you can close your eyes and in your head, someone will pop up who, when you see them coming, you want to run the other direction because they just are going to suck your energy. Yep. And I truly believe that. And, um, I think, you know, with attitude for me, Actually, I'm going to give you a John Maxwell quote because this is one of my favorite quotes that he talks about all the time. And he's been talking about it a lot lately with everything that's going on. But he said, there's a difference between having a great attitude and being um, optimistic or saying, you know, if someone asked me if I'm optimistic, of course, I would say yes, because I definitely tend to see things uh, more on the optimistic side. But John says there's a difference between being optimistic um, and having hope. And being optimistic is um, you have a belief that you're going to get better. But having hope is saying, I'm going to go make things better. Like together with people, I'm going to go make things better. And so I really think that in order to be a dealer of hope, which is what all leaders should strive to be, you have to have the attitude that everything's going to be fine. And even in times where you might be having fear or panic or, you know, things aren't so great because we all experience those times. Nobody is, nobody is immune to having times in their lives where they have an issue or a problem a big one or a small one or anything in between. I just feel like you have to have the attitude and this is the attitude that I always intend to possess um, that this too shall pass. And everything is, you know, we're going to, we're going to be dealers of hope and we're going to make it better together because in every circumstance where your attitude may want to creep down or negative, um, an opportunity can come from that. And I think as a leader, especially you can't be in the crowd. You have to be above the crowd because you have to be the one that is setting the vision for people and you're showing them the way. Um, and you, you know, the way first, and then you're showing them the way, uh, because when you are a leader and you have the attitude in the crowd that everybody else has, you can get really distracted and people are going to look to the leader for that attitude and for that hope. And so it's just important to me specifically to maintain that always. Um, and you know, there are times where I might not have the best attitude, but I have a peer that's on the same level as me, you know, for lack of better words that, or a friend or, or a spouse or whoever that I would go to and talk to in that situation, not necessarily people that I lead or anything like that, because I just think it's important for people to see you as the leader, you know, does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. It totally makes sense. You know, you're, you're talking about the distractions and I know John Maxwell was just talking about in, uh, you know, leadership in times of crisis, talking yeah. about traction versus distraction. So I that was it. my favorite takeaway. It was so powerful, right? It was. I, mean, I shared that this so, morning with my so top great. 20%. Yeah, it was incredible. That was, that was, my, I'm actually looking at a piece of my notes on that right now. And I loved when he said that because he said traction is the opposite of distraction. So when you're distracted, your mind worries and you think about fear and you think about what ifs um, and you could have negative thinking. And when you have traction, you're moving forward, you're making progress, you're, you're being drawn towards something in life that you want. And I just think your attitude is the one thing that you have the choice to control. And when you're in situations like that, if you, if you're not controlling your attitude or if you're letting your attitude get kind of an opposite way, uh, you can be in trouble. <laughs>
for lack of better you words. Definitely get in some quick trouble and you can fall within to being in the crowd. You can even be at the very bottom of the crowd if you do that, you know? So, so talking about a lot of this with, with traction and distraction and also your mindset and, and, you know, it, just your energy that you bring, even in our conversation, you're very uplifting. So with everything that's going on and the impact that, that the coronavirus right now is having on, on some people that we're all very close with, or maybe we don't even know them, we know yeah. of them, you know, what are some of the things that you're utilizing with your positive energy as a reinforcement and in, in the mind share you can help in in getting into other people and their world and making them you know feel the same way that you do about everything so you as a leader what does that look like yeah that's a great question um you know i guess the best way for me to answer that would be i believe and and john maxwell teaches this and i really believe it that whenever a crisis occurs there are two kinds of people there's a person that's going to say, how long will this last? And ultimately we're all saying, how long is this going to last? I mean, if we're being honest, I'm, sure. yeah. I'm saying, however, there's somebody that's saying, how long will this last? And then there's somebody else that's saying, how long will this last yet while I'm in it? How can I get better? How can I grow? What are the opportunities? And, you know, it's not if we're just being candid. I mean, this isn't fun for anybody. I'm super thankful that um, I'm healthy and the people around me are healthy and that you're healthy. And, you know, I pray all the time that this just goes by quickly. However, it's out of our control. And I think for people listening that, you know, maybe you ha you, you've been kind of scared about this or, or wondering some of those things too. Um, I think we all are, yet I just choose to focus on what I can control. And we can't control this. And so we got to figure out how can we grow through it? How can we learn through it? And I do really believe that opportunity is going to come from this. I mean, I, I think this is going to force us to do things that we've needed to do anyway, virtually. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's going to force us to slow down and to have better relationships, which we all need to do anyway. So I just try to look for, and I would encourage anybody else to look for the good that can come out of it because we all could and may be financially impacted from this yet at the end of the day, it's going to pass. It always does. Um, and this will too. This too shall pass. Yeah. So w with all of that, you know, and I, I love what you were saying about, you know, the gratitude and, and all of this and the opportunity that comes from it. And I was actually, I rarely do the scrolling stuff on Facebook. It absolutely drives yeah. me crazy. And I know what that, that brings into my, my brain and my thoughts yeah. and my mindset. But one of my, uh, one of my mentors and the guy I look up to a lot, Thomas Elrod, who's in Charlotte, North Carolina, he, he put a post on Facebook. I don't know where he got it from or if he made it up himself, but it was even saying some of the things that what he can guarantee will come from all of this with the crisis and the virus right now. And one of the items on there, it's, it was talking about slowing things down and saying, mm -hmm. I guarantee when you go back out to the restaurant and they tell you it's an hour and a half wait for your table, you'll be okay with it. Yeah. It's, it's the simple little things that we always take for granted. And we always, you know, we want instant gratification. We want everything right now. But I agree with you. I mean, it's causing everybody to really slow down and just embrace yeah. the people that you, you have with you and around you right now. It's so important. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, for me, it's, it's enabling me to get a lot of things done that I've needed to get done for a long time and haven't had the time to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we all have kind of that, 
uh, folder or drawer or Google Google Drive of things that someday when we get time, we want to do those things. Well, this is a great time. Yeah. All right. So Dana, speaking of getting things done, you, you are incredible at really just grabbing onto an idea or a concept and, and building and compounding from that. So Dana, you shared something with me called the impact filter. And, yes. and the, I, w- I would definitely tie this into a skill that you have clearly dominated and gotten very proficient with in, in really identifying opportunities and building from that. So, so talk about the impact filter. What, what is this thing? How do you use this? When do you use it? And what's the power behind it? Yeah, would love to. Okay, so this is one of my very favorite tools. And um, I mean, we could talk about it for hours yet. Uh, I'll be quick with it. So um, this is a, a tool that I was introduced to from strategic coaching through Linda McKissick. Um, she, her coach, Dan Sullivan, uh, owns this um, this coaching company and tons of people across the world coach with Dan Sullivan. He's awesome. Yeah. And so I've, I've gotten the privilege to, to attend some of his things. And this was uh, one of the tools that I was introduced to back in probably 2015, 2016. Um, and so the purpose of an impact filter is if you have a project, so say you're getting ready to do something um, and, or it, it's even like a new plan. I'm trying to think of an example. I've used this for opening offices for, um, uh, we created a, t- a plan around client appreciation events using this, like a whole client appreciation event project. Um, you may use it for charity work. I mean, there's tons of things. It's any project that you're going to have. And basically you list the project and then you talk about the purpose. So what do you really want to accomplish from doing this? And then you go to importance. What's the biggest difference that this will make when you, when you do this, then you have your ideal outcome. Uh, what does the completed project look like? So when it's finished, what does that look like to you? What would be significant about it? Then you go and list um, as many as, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight uh, success criteria, meaning what has to be done, what has to be true when this project is finished that would truly deem it a success because everybody's definition of success is different. Um, and then at the end, it talks about uh, the best result. If you take action and you actually do do this project, what's the best result? And then what's the worst? If you don't take action, what would that look like? What's the worst thing that could happen? And so being able to use this for a lot of stuff, anything really that's big or important, I use this, this one pager. I love how Gary Keller always says, like, if you're going to do something, it needs to be on one page because anything more than one page. And I'm a big fan of that too. So I love that this is on one page. I can get all my thoughts out on it. Um, and then you can save these. And if you, if you really start that project or you, you move forward with choosing to do the project, um, you can kind of use this as a tool to measure it and to see your success along the way and, and to really see, okay, is this going to be worth my time? And what, 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 what part of success is going to come from this? I, I love the questions that are on here. They have <laughs> such a heavy weight to them. Yeah. And it's not a negative weight by it being heavy. They really just make you think, I mean, what, what is, what's the biggest difference this will make? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Talk about visualizing an end result and the amount of people that it will, will, and has the ability to impact. That's incredible. And and it really is something that, you know, you could utilize on a, I mean, you could use this on a daily basis for big projects though. You could use this on a quarterly basis, annual. I mean, and then like you said, 
you you told me you know you found one that that you used when you were launching a uh, a market center office you know a keller williams franchise office and and looking back on it you know recently you came across it and and you know tell tell me about this story so that everybody can hear this it is really incredible to hear yeah it was super cool so um it's we i did this on august the 8th of 2016 when i was thinking about opening a keller williams office in richmond kentucky and I was at one of these events and this was part of our project that day was to complete an impact filter with the project. And so my partner Blair and I were like, let's just do one if we were to launch an office in Richmond. And, um, and so we worked on it we thought about it and it was nothing that we had already set in motion, but we were just really thinking about doing it. And then we ended up moving forward with the project and I was shared with you, it was super cool because uh, we launched the next year in 2017 and then within the first less than a year, I don't remember the exact time frame, um, but within that time frame, we had accomplished every single one of these things that were on the success criteria that would have made it successful. And then I remember Blair saying, hey, didn't we do an impact filter on this? We should find it. And so sure enough, I went like two years later and found it. And, and I told you before, the, before we started recording, I'm totally not a crier. Like it takes a lot to get me to cry. <laughs> But when we saw, when I found it, I was like a wet mess, sopping mess, because I was like, man, we literally laid this out and we wrote this down. And I'm a big fan of writing things down because I just believe there's a lot of power in scribing. I've learned that from John Maxwell at a high level. And we wrote all these things down. And when I was reading through the list of profitable day one, and we had three out of the top five agents in the county, and we had number one market share. Um, within the first year and we had an awesome team vision team and like all those things that we listed we had accomplished and I'm like this is killer like I was just so proud you know it was it was cool to be able to see it Amazing. so that's yeah it's cool. and that's the that's the type of power that a, a simple document like that just a one page, oh yeah it has you know you can really map out your priorities and if something's really that important to you it will exist in your calendar and and then you know like you were saying earlier you know your your success is dependent upon what you're able to do with other people and as a leader that's extremely important so then you can identify and just thinking through all of this you know who who do we really need on our team in place that will help move yeah. this thing forward you know who who do we have right now and who don't we have who are we missing that's so cool thank, thank you know you the other cool Oh, thanks for letting me share it. The other thing, the last thing I would say about the impact filter that I just kind of had this aha while we were doing this. So thank you for that is the year that we launched that market center, then I thought was probably one of the hardest years of my life. And so, cause it was a lot of work. And so going back and looking at this, it kind of make, it kind of makes you think like, man, this is why I did this. This is why I sat sacrifice long hours or what Gary would call what Gary Keller would call you were supercharging your life at that time yes. where you, you know, you may be working longer hours, but it doesn't mean you're going to forever. It's because you're in a period of time and a time in your life where you're supercharging your life at that time. And so going back and looking at something like an impact filter kind of makes you think like, I'm kind of sitting here thinking, man, even though that was a lot of work that this is why it was totally worth it. Um, so yeah, super. They're, they're just, it's a great, powerful tool. So what other, what other type of things have you taken from some of your mentors and other colleagues and peers around you that, that have gotten you, you to the point where you're at right now? I mean, you're incredible at building relationships. I, that's it's very clear in just your ability to, to hold a conversation. But what have, what's changed with your skills? 
from when you started, you know, this is your 16th year. So starting with everything at the beginning, and now yeah. you're probably at a point where the snowball effect is just so, so huge that that everything just starts to get, you know, cycloned within all of it. So what's what's gone on with your skill sets and what what you've learned? Yeah, that's a great question too. Uh, so skill set wise, gosh, I mean, so many skills. I, I just feel like I, I mean, every year I say I've, I've grown more in the last year than I have in the last 12. And then in the last 13, I mean, if I look back even on 2019, what I learned and the skills I developed last year, I'm just like, it's, it's crazy to think about. Um, I would say if I had to pick a couple Probably hiring skills. I've definitely improved and gotten better at. I am. If you've ever read Rocket Fuel, um, the yeah. the book talks. Yeah, uh, the the book talks about uh, being a visionary versus an integrator. Well, I'm definitely the visionary. So if I don't have someone that can implement uh, or um, integrate stuff for me, like it doesn't get done. So I have had to learn how to uh, that the skill of being able to hire people. Um, that was nothing I'd ever done before. So that was, you know, over the last several years, that's been a new skill for me. That's great. Uh, and then gosh, what else? I mean, tons of things. I just am a learning junkie. I feel like I learn new skills every day almost. Which is uh, cool because that's how you're able to share so much and help so many other people. That's what this whole thing's all about, you know, is yeah, sharing cool. all of the, the mentors you've had and, and you becoming yeah. a mentor and a role model for everybody that's out there that's listening. Thank you. I think that's awesome. I always have had a goal that any mentor that's alive, I mean, we all can have mentors who, are, who have passed, but any mentor that's alive, I have always had a goal to meet. It's kind of been like a bucket list thing. Um, cause I love that you can have a mentor that is somebody that, you know, that you get to work with all the time. And then yeah. you can have a mentor that you may listen to on a podcast or read their books and they're a mentor to you and they don't even know you. Right. And so I've always said, uh, I just want to meet all of them. And so the last few years I've gotten to, and so it's been super cool. I know I, I was seeing some of your photos and just some of the, the people that you're able to to meet with and the locations and traveling. And I mean, that's one of the benefits of being a seminar junkie is you get to meet and run into incredible human beings Yeah, on yeah, a, a it's, consistent basis. It's very true that who you, I mean, I always heard everybody say, you know, your, your ring of five and who you surround yourself with is what, and I was always just so busy caught up in my business and everything else that I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, yet I would say really over the last three years, probably, I mean, who you are surrounded with, man, that if we're going to talk about habits, that is a habit that everybody needs to think about is making the habit of being surrounded by people who, who have done it bigger and better and faster than you have, because reinventing the wheel to me is such a waste of time. Um, and you can learn so much from those types of people. I mean, I'm, I just am super blessed that I've been able to, to be in business with some amazing mentors. And, you know, I would have never have gotten to meet John Maxwell if it wasn't for Linda McKissick. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, there's, if it wasn't for my coach, Terry, I would have never have gotten to meet Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle, who are two of the biggest, uh, most amazing mentor pastors that I've ever, you know, I've followed them for That's years. So cool. So I think who you who you really are surrounded with matters because they introduce you and they build relationships with help you build relationships and um, it's just like those things are life changing. So so how do you set standards around that? You know, I mean, if you don't have standards, then anything can just come through the filter. 
You know, I mean, you've got an impact filter and that's, yeah. you know, your one pager, but your standards filter, what does that look like? And who, who do you allow into, into your world to take over yeah. the mind share? Yeah, I think you have to look at it two ways, Brett. I think one, I would allow anyone into my world who wants to learn and grow and all those things so that I can pass that stuff on to other people because other people will pass that on to me. As far as, you know, who I look to and who I let into my world, um, I've always, I've, I've been taught, uh, this was one of the biggest lessons I've actually ever learned probably in the last five years was um, who you determine wealth for and who determines wealth for you are two of the most important decisions. I mean, you have four most important decisions in, uh, in your relationships in your life. Um, your master, whoever you believe created you, um, your mate, that's a very important relationship and decision that you have. And then who you determine wealth for and who determines wealth for you. And, you know, I got great advice from a mentor one time who they said, if who you're determining wealth for, if you look at them, and you can't see other people's lives that they've made bigger, if only their life has gotten bigger, that they haven't made other people's lives bigger, then you might need to think about if that's somebody you want to determine wealth for. And when you have people who are determining wealth for you, are you making their lives bigger? Um, or is it just all about you? And so for me, when I look to people who I let into my life as far, or my brain or whatever, as far as I look up to, I want to see that they have made other people's lives bigger and that they have an attitude of abundance and that they are, you know, they're real and they're genuine and they're authentic. All of those things are super important to me. And that's kind of my standard. Like if you're real and you care about people and you're authentic and you have a servant's heart and you've had an amazing track record of success, then I want to be around you. So <laughs> That's uh that would probably be I don't know if that was the right answer, but that was the truthful answer. Of course it's the right answer. Why why not? I, I thought it was incredible. And it you know, I, I'm just thinking back of the the way that you went through and explaining that. I mean, just it, it's so important to set standards with ourselves. And yeah. if we if we can't do that and we don't have our own self vision, then how can we expect ourselves to align with the right people? We may end up being in, in the crowd and that's okay if that's, you know, your, your motive. And if that's your vision, then that, you know, please go ahead. I love that. But if it's not, who, who are you allowing to come into, you know, through the door and who needs to leave through the door? Right. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about this or if you're just going to post it, but the, I know I love one thing that you guys do with this podcast is the access of the toolbox you have to donate to a charity. Yes. Well, you know, a lot of charities that I'm passionate about are people who have addiction problems. And it's when you think about that, if you're around somebody that I'm just going to use this as an example, if you're around somebody that doesn't work and does drugs and don't care about their people and all that, then you are so much more likely to be engaged in that situation. If you are, if you have a struggle with something that you, you purposely choose to surround yourself with people who have jobs and who don't do drugs and who go to work every day and all the, and have a great mindset and go to church and all those things, then you're that much more likely to succeed and to be like that person. So I, I, who, who you choose to surround yourself with to me is that's a lesson I've had to learn the hard way. And it is so important to me to be around just, you know, you don't want to ever say good or bad. You want to be with people that are in the same alignment as you yes. are. Yep. I 100% agree with that. There's a, there's a really cool book, very short, quick read called The Energy Bus. Oh, I and, love The Energy uh, Bus. Such a, such a great 
great yeah. story and uh, which makes it really easy to to yeah. read and it's so quick but it's really you know that same kind of concept of you know joy the the bus driver and and everybody hopping on the bus and having that that like let's let's all go get after it type of mentality yeah. and do it for the right reasons and if you're just stuck in the negative world and all the negative thoughts that come from that you know there's there's the the ant ants you know automatic yeah. negative thoughts from, thoughts, uh, yeah. from what, what is it dr daniel amen maybe i think is his name oh i can't think of his name some something like that sorry doctor if i'm butchering your name however it's incredible because you know you allow all these thoughts to come in there and it's just automatic and there's something that has to take over in in our discipline and self-control to overcome that but yeah it starts with with ourselves it's so cool yeah it's easy to find something wrong or to, you know, be negative. It sometimes is harder to, for some people to actually find the positive. And I just think you got to, you know, everyone has to work at that. It's not something that everybody just wakes up with every day, but right. I I agree with you. You know, it's so easy just to, the easy thing is always just to have the complaints and the negative thoughts and just let that's, that's always going to be there. So, so what do you do? I mean, what are your habits to overcome that stuff, Dana? What we talked about, I'm very, um, I'm very kind of aware of what I put into my brain. Um, I listen to a lot of great podcasts. Uh, I love to read books. I listen to Audible all the time. Um, I'm very, I love, I'm very faith-based. I love church. I'm I'm very into all that stuff. I watch like 10 different virtual churches because I just love all the preachers. I can't pick one over the other. Um, And so, you know, I don't know. I think habit-based wise, um, it's just make, it's, it's getting in the habit of being able to know if you I always say the heart, the hardest thing to do is get in a rut. You want to do everything you can to avoid getting in a rut because it is hard as heck to get out of a rut. Yes. And so for me, I know that there are certain habits that I have to have, like all those things that I just named. And I have a, I have a little, um, note section on my phone that has a bunch of affirmations on it. I have a, photo album on my little pictures. That's nothing but, um, motive, inspirational and motivational quotes. And so like, they're all on there. So if I get in a bad space, I'm like, let me go read some of these John Maxwell quotes. <laughs> That's a great um, idea. Just have it right there. I mean, we're all, yeah, I have them all. And so I mean, I don't think you can see them, but I have a ton of them yeah. just all in here. And so I think I just have had to get in the habit of knowing what I need to go to. If my mind, if, and when, because it does, you know, I may get in a, rut or in a negative place or something like that. So I just think knowing what, well, and one thing I'll say is you got to know what your triggers are because certain different triggers, different or trigger different people. So there are some things that may trigger me into a tailspin that you could care less about. And there are some things that may trigger you that I may be like, "Eh, whatever. So you have to know what your, what your triggers are and then develop those habits that you can quickly, you know, move in the other direction. That's such great advice. Thank you for saying that. That is amazing. So Dana, we'll, we'll kind of wrap everything up here. What would you tell others that they may seem to be in a rut? They may be, you know, feeling a little bit down or their mindset just isn't as, as they really want it to be, whether, whether you would recommend, you know, self-education, you know, pour into yourself, like you said, uh, very yep. early on in our conversation, learning from mentors, who you're connecting with, I mean, what would you, what would you tell that person today? Oh man, I would say first you have to know 
where you are and you have to really be honest with yourself. Um, and you have to know what it is that got you in that mindset. And then, uh, and then, and then you have to start coming up with ways that are going to get you out of that. And, uh, and you just need to have a good plan and have some habits around that. And, you know, I'm a very big list maker. Like I think making a list, if you're feeling overwhelmed with, with things, even with your priorities or with things you need to get done or any of those things, you know, to me, if I can just get it all laid out and then kind of start to tackle, I get in a much better place. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, you know, really do a self check with your attitude and, and just how, how you approach other people, how you approach those closest to you, how do you approach, you know, business transactions, just what does your attitude look like? And the, the last and third thing is check your circle. Like who are you around? Um, who are you letting into your brain and letting influence you? Because whether we think that we, we can say we're not influenced, but all of us are influenced by people, whether you, whether you think you are or you're not, or, uh, you, you are is the reality. So check your circle. Who, who are you around and who do you strategically, um, you know, have a plan to go be in front of? I mean, I've gotten on a plane and flown halfway across the world to London just because I wanted to be in a room with somebody. So it's, yep. You know, you have to, and that, and, and that was difficult. I mean, it cost a lot of money. It was a lot of time. It, I mean, you know, all those things. And at the same time, the relationships that I built, you know, I would never, there's no amount of money that I wouldn't have paid. I would have sold everything I had to be able to go and do that. So, um, you know, check who you're around. And if you don't have a really great person that you, that you look up to or, and don't be afraid to reach out to him. You know, I love what John Maxwell says. And one time I was with him and he said, don't ever be afraid to ask me to lay my hands and pray, pray over you. Um, and I was like, man, that's, I would have, cause I probably was kind of scared. I would have probably never have just have asked him that. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't but, think that you could like, oh, Mr. No. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, listen, if you don't ask, then, you know, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it. You don't know the answer. And so like him saying that, that one time, I mean, you sure believe I was like the first one scooted up to the front of the room in line. I'm like dragging Adam, come on, we're going. <laughs> um, John has to lay his hands over us. But, but if you, you know, just check who you're around and then don't be afraid to go say, Hey, I want to learn from you. What do I have to do to get in your world? Or what can you point me towards that may be a great resource for me to start with? Or, you know, what does that look like? Because those relationships and just those actions are going to be what's going to set you apart from so many other people that are not willing to do that. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, incredible conversation, a lot of value. I mean, even the notes that I've been taking here, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to have you on here and, and learn more about you and, and also be able to share this with everybody else. There's so much value here for everybody to take away from where, wherever they may be in the world and whatever industry they might be in. All of this is so, so important. And, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be on and everything I've shared, I've learned from somebody else. So <laughs> we should that's all where we get it together. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, Dana, one of the things that BTL is really big on, it's the give and gain. And in order for us to really have the opportunity to gain from you, it's having you be a part of this so that you can share your world and your stories and your experiences with everybody that's out there. So all of our audience, they get to listen to, to our show and that's for free. 
And we want to be able to pay this forward to all of these guys and give them that content that you were talking about with that impact filter. And for everybody listening, you want this document. This is this thing is incredible, and it is something that obviously makes a big difference in the world of Dana and all that she's been able to achieve and accomplish and her level of success. And would love for you to be able just to grab onto that and utilize this thing. But in order for everybody to have access to this, you've got to make a donation. So Dana, can you can you share with me uh, a charity that that is really standing out to you right now that's important to you? I know you mentioned the uh, yeah earlier. Yeah, I love this idea. I want to R and D this idea somehow. I don't know how, but I'm. I just think this is like the best idea ever. I love you guys doing this. Um, a chair and thank you for doing this because it makes a, a big difference in these charities. Uh, the one that I love the most that I support um, a lot is actually local in Richmond, Kentucky, where my market center is, and it's called the Liberty Place. Um, and uh, they um, they're they're also owned by a, a company called Foothills uh, in Kentucky, but it's called the Liberty Place in Richmond, Kentucky, and it's a uh, recovery center for women who um, are in a long term uh, substance abuse kind of recovery program. Um, and it just helps provide support for them and hope uh, while they're recovering from their drug or alcohol addiction and they live there. Um, and I've taught there before and it's just, it's a really great place. So that would be mine. And thank you for sharing it and letting oh, me share. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to continue to give and gain, not, not just for me, for everybody that's out there and you as well, Dana. So thank you so much. Uh, when this episode is launched, it goes live. Everybody will, will then at that point be able to see how to make their contribution and also have access to the BTL toolbox where you'll find all of the previous documents that all of our speakers and guests on the show are going to be dropping all of their knowledge and value items in there. So when you make your contribution, you'll be able to have access for life to all of the, the beautiful content that we've got. So Dana, thank you so, so much for being on the show and look forward to having you back again in the future. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brett. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the BTL podcast. That's the Born to Lead podcast. Please be sure to stay up to speed with all of our episodes that we're going to be launching by subscribing to us on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more information about what we're doing, check us out on Facebook, Born to Lead Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram there too. And when you're ready to elevate yourself and your mindset, learn more from all of the folks that we've got on the show about their knowledge, attitude, skills, and their habits be sure to stay tuned on Facebook. That's how you're going to learn more about where to access and how to access our BTL toolbox, where you'll have all of the content that we were mentioning before. So stay tuned, everybody, and thanks for listening. See you next time.